Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Al. And I'm Anton. Yeah, and we have made it to our 60th standard episode and that doesn't even include uh, all the extra specials that we've done for directs and it doesn't include the extra content we do for our Patreon. So thank you very much if you are a long-term, long-time listener or if you've just joined us for the first time, then hello, greetings. This is uh, this is the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We've got a website, it's NSUK p.co.uk anton where else can we send people yes and similarly we are on twitter at ns at nsuk podcasts uh, and that's the same app for facebook and yeah tons of stuff you can also email us at uh, podcast at nsukp.co.uk where you can uh, chat to the lovely alistair of course yes i do try and answer all the emails so yeah drop me a line podcast at nsukp.co.uk yeah, and Patreon if you want to become one of our supporters. All the details at nsukp.co.uk. So thank you very much to our supporters. Did we ever give a shout out to the extra ones that we... I think we did. We had a couple of new supporters a couple of weeks ago. We did, yes. I think everybody is shout out woohooed up to date. Wonderful. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. But if we have missed you, let us Absolutely. know. Absolutely. And if you do join us as one of our supporters, then uh, also equally uh, let us know. Well, we'll know anyway, but, you know, say hello, basically, uh, and go and check it out. Uh, so, Alistair, tell us, what have you what, what have you been playing this week? Well, do you know what? I have uh, I have had a very full-on child week, so I've actually not had much chance to play. Played a little bit of um, Lego Harry Potter, played a little bit of Mario Kart Online with a couple of friends, which is nice. But at the moment, I'm struggling with a bit of a technical problem. My right Joy-Con has decided to break. Well sort of break. The analog stick still works fine, but the Switch won't recognise any other buttons. And apparently the only way to get that fixed is to send it off to Nintendo and give them 40 quid for the privilege, because they're out of warranty. So I've just gone and ordered myself some new Joy-Cons and I'm waiting for them to turn up. So that's kind of scuppered some of the gaming short term. Mm. I've got a pro uh, controller, but it's hard to do multiplayer with just one controller and one Joy-Con. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's not so good. It's not ideal. I mean, I, I know we've obviously had issues with drift and all sorts of things in the past with Joy-Con controllers, and it does sound like you've probably made the sensible decision when it's 40 quid for a repair. Yeah, it's a really, really weird one, because it just suddenly stopped working. I can only presume that there's been a break in the circuit that sends the digital signal, because it's all the buttons, through to the switch, but the analog circuit must be separate and still working because the analog stick is working. It's really, really weird, but yeah. at the same time, fascinating. Uh, as I've mentioned, I've kind of after going through several pro- problems with my several Joy-Cons, uh, kind of I've looked into like all the schematic, like not schematics, but just generally the common faults, and that's not really a common one. I think there's yeah. like three chips on the motherboard, and one's like for all the gyro, one's for some kind of general management, and then there's another one. So I wonder if that's like maybe analog, like just dealing with the general commands, but that's so odd. Uh, <laughs> It is. It is really, really weird. I don't know what I've done to it. Or I might just blame Sun. I don't know what Sun has done to it. Answering a four-year-old a Joy-Con. Mm. You should uh, join me with the, the Pro Controller grip setup. And, uh, it's not portable, but it's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do like your setup. It's uh, it's unusual, but it, it, it's uh, it's cool. I like it. Uh, what about um, what about you, Anton? What have you been playing this week? Oh, I, I've been very busy this week, but uh, I've taken today off as I finally submitted dissertation, thank God. And uh, <laughs> with that... <laughs> I had like the most zen day and basically caught up on all of the Animal Crossings. Uh, I I promise I'll play more games soon. (laughs) I've got a little bit more time now, but 
yeah, just taking advantage of the, the Bunny Day event, which just happened literally today. And uh, yeah, try to get some more people moved in, hopefully get terraforming and just uh, I can draw all sorts of fallacies on the ground being able to terraform the ground it's they should never give me that control <laughs> they well, do i mean that, that all sounds slightly alien to me but as long as you're having fun with it that is the main thing uh, I, I still haven't gone into that world yet uh but for me this week it's been a kind of a few different things i got back playing a bit of uh, mario kart which was fun first time i've played in a while and also i played the vigor or vigor beta um which was released Ooh, check you just the other uh, other week and um so got a code and played it and yeah it's very much loot and shoot i think is a good way to describe it um the one thing i'll say about it is it's got those kind of fortnite type things in it where at the end radiation comes along and you have to escape from the radiation and get out of the you know if you're still alive you have to escape before the radiation gets you if you've survived that long um i played two rounds of it in the first one it's quite vast i will say there's a lot of space in it um and the first one i went around for a very long time without really finding anyone and and then the radiation got me and then the second time i did find where i was aiming for and um did okay for a little bit but then was killed instantly when someone spotted me. So um, it's not a game I'm going to play, but I think one of the complaints previously on other systems was it didn't run that well. And I will say on the Switch, I thought it ran pretty well. I I didn't have any issues with lag or any sort of of the the complaints people have had previously. So I think if it's your kind of game, if you're into those kind of Fortnite type of, you know, games, but it's a little bit of a difference, a little bit more kind of real feeling, I guess. And it's very... um, it's very barren feeling. I think that's the way I would describe it. And that isn't always a good thing, but I think in this case it probably is. So yeah, give it a go. Um, if you've not got the beta, I'm sure when it comes out, I'm not sure if it's going to be free or not. But anyway, it, it's. I think there'll be a lot of an a lot of audience for this. I don't think it's one I'm going to rush out and buy, but um, if it is to, to be paid for. But yeah, it was an experience. I'm glad I tried it out. Yeah, at least you managed to report to us, which is always good. Yeah, yes. if you don't mind me asking, Mike, how long were like the game times? Because when looking at it, it looks very long and kind of survivally. But if they're combining a little bit of battle royale elements, yeah, that's um, uh, survival is exactly. I mean, it's it, that is the kind of main element of it, and I think that's where you know I find it quite. As somebody who hasn't played those kind of games in that environment, I found it a little confusing. Um, you know, going in there. I mean, it was all. I really like some of the aesthetics. I mean, you start in this cabin. And there's even like a Rubik's Cube that you can play with. And there's all sorts of, you know, things that you can do to your your character before you go out there. Um, And then it is about survival, um, definitely. Uh, But um, then from there on, yeah, long is a good way to describe it. I think the one that I played where I didn't find anyone and just ended up the radiation eating me up was about 20 minutes or something. Um, Mm. And then the second game I was dead within five minutes because i ended up finding something and being shot by someone else <laughs> in short because you suck yeah essentially yeah it's not <laughs> it's it's funny because like with like things like paladins for example yeah i can i can deal with that but then it's a much more traditional kind of it's a shooter so you know that's what you're doing when it's survival um i think i could probably quite like it i just don't know if i want to spend the time and invest it in that one of so many other things to play but i, I certainly i think if it's something that intrigues you um I think the beta ran well, and I think that's the biggest thing that people wanted to know because it wasn't running well on other other systems. Um, like the the PS4 had all sorts of complaints, for example. So, um, yeah, I th- I think uh, overall pretty good, uh, pretty good beta, um, and I think people are quite enjoying it. 
the live one. I think yeah. I might give that one a download and uh, see if it can catch me because I've always loved the idea of a battle royale game. Uh, I remember playing the the Minecraft survival game back in like 2013, but none of the games that we've gotten so far, at least on the Switch, have been like outside of the battle royale elements have never grabbed me. So hopefully this might be the one. <laughs> Yeah. Is this one a public beta or is it private invite beta? It's an invite beta, so um, you had to have had the code. I think all the codes have now gone out. I don't think there's any more at the moment. I'm not sure what the release is on it. Um, I can double check that. But I, I would say that you know it, it's definitely worth trying uh, when it becomes available because I, I get the feeling that this might be... Look, I don't want to say it's going to be free, but I get this kind of weird feeling that they might go... It might be that. Yeah, it is a free-to-play. I'm checking that. I did wonder, from playing it, it felt like a free-to-play, not in the sense that it was cheap, just in the sense that it felt like a Fortnite-type um, game as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that you, if you are into the kind of survival elements, because there's building involved and things like that, and to be honest, for me, that probably put me off because I'm not very good, whereas for someone mm-hmm. like you, Anton, you might really enjoy that side of it. Um, but it is shoot and loot. It's shoot and loot combined with the building elements and building huts and hiding and all that. And I like the environments. I think the environments were, were, were really good. So, yeah, I say check it out. Wonderful. It looks like we'll be giving you uh, all a little wee update when it comes out of closed alpha because uh, I'm up for giving that a wee go, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's get moving on then to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. First of all, East Asia Soft have announced and released Null Drifter. It's uh, just four ninety nine. It's a twin stick bullet hell shooter. Uh, with Downwell style art style. So Downwell's that game that you can pick up on mobile, but it's also on the Switch. I think you can play it uh, vertically, Downwell. Indeed, yes. Um, but this is a twin stick shooter, slightly slightly kind of different to that, but um, uh, certainly this looks value for money for the price, I would suggest, Anton. Yeah, I won't lie. I'm kind of optimistic, well, happily impressed by how fair of a price they're charging for this. It looks like a, a much more premium game than you expect for the the $4.99 price tag. And overall, I'm very curious about it. I, I, I quite enjoyed the art style of it, but I I do like Downwell and kind of that Undertale, kind of flat, kind of raw pixel look. And overall, difficulty-wise, at least maybe I, I might just be saying this because I came from Ikaruga, it didn't look too brutal for a bullet hell, but... Maybe that's just me. How how how's this sitting with you, Alistair? Uh, sort of the same as you, to be honest. It didn't look too brutal. I, I quite like the two tone, one bit graphic style. It's it's weirdly different. I don't know why it looks and feels different to most of the shooters I've seen because it's not really doing anything new, but it does feel uh, new for some strange reason. Best of myself, it it distinguishes itself quite cool, it, quite well. It looks cool. Am I going to go and get it? No, because I don't really do bullet hell shooters because I will get frustrated and will want to throw things through windows and walls and and it, it gets nasty. It gets very unpleasant when you're around me playing games like this, but it does look like a pretty good game, although I'm interested to think to, to see that you guys think that £5 is a reasonable price. I actually think £5 looks a bit expensive for this. I would have guessed that this had been around about the 2.99 level. Well, in America, I know we're only talking pennies, but in proportion actually it's quite a bit. I, I think in America it's uh, they've got a sale on for launch at £3.99 Um there may be a... I don't know if that's got that on the UK store, Anton, but we can maybe check that. Um, no, I, 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 don't, I don't tend to think that it that's particularly high um, for what it is. I think 
I, I guess longevity is the, the key to it. And, it and it feels like the kind of game that's going to go on sale. Um, so I, I feel like that game might appear in one of these crazy sales and you might be able to pick it up for 79p at some point in the future. So that would be my only thought on it, that there might be a future sale for it. But no, I think, you know, when you look at the amount of work put into these games, I think 4 for me is okay. But then again, <laughs> can you pick it up on mobile for 99p? I don't know. Yeah, um, I won't lie. I think... This is one where I kind of saw it and I was like, yep, that's uh, that's going on the wish list and uh, I'll pick that up at the summer sale or wherever it may be. But nonetheless, I think the the fact that it has this kind of interesting, kind of simplistic art style really lends to the maybe why it looks a little bit more successful because you can really see the builds because you get some space shooters and it's just like, what what what's coming at me? What's happening? It's a complete mess. Whereas this seemed uh, a lot more clear in its approach. So... Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, and you know, actually, there's one cool thing that I quite like about this game, and that's the soundtrack. It's an AI composed lo-fi soundtrack, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Mm, I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Something a bit different. Yeah, I don't know how they've done it. I presume it's an algorithm that's just generating random tracks. I, I have no idea, but all it says in the little blurb when they released it was that it was um, AI composed. Yeah, as long as they don't take our jobs as songwriters, I'm okay with that. Uh, <laughs> next, next up, we've got Armor Games. They've announced Jet Lancer. It's a new combat shooter coming out on May the 12th. It's £13.49. Uh, we don't have that many of these style of games, Anton. Um, just over a tenner. Is that is that the right price point, do you think, for this one? Um, I think following No Drifter, it seems a little high, but I don't know if that's just by comparison. Uh, but I think... To, to try and explain what sort of game this is, is almost like if you remembered maybe a more earlier like Atari or kind of Commodore era, uh, kind of Yars Revenge, where you've got like a little wee space shooter above land and you have a lot more control. It isn't like a horizontal or vertical. You have a lot more freedom. But this game for me, I, I don't know. This, this kind of feels like a, a genre that's kind of not been approached in a while for kind of... For reasons, I, I don't know how it's working <laughs> in the contemporary market. Yeah, I, I, I weirdly again we're agreeing tonight, Anton. I have a similar uh. opinion on this, <laughs> in that it looks it looks quite nice. I mean, the graphics are simple but colourful and cheery and all the good stuff. And from what I can gather, the control system is literally shoot and then left, and you can keep doing a little loop going left or right, and you keep doing a little loop going right, and you can combine them to fly down the screen whichever direction you want not overly complicated pretty simple i mean little spaceship flying along shooting big robots and enemies and stuff it does seem uh, a tad how do i put this politely it's not the most creative game i've seen for a while let's put it that way yeah on the plus side i think it is one that we don't have an awful lot of and it has a talking cat called lem in it so um so you know let's look at the the positives um no i you know i think i think it's too expensive based on what else is out there um for me personally uh it's not one that i'm particularly taken by i guess it's all in the gameplay but um yeah i i tend to be similar minded to both of you on this one but it is out on the 12th of May, if you are interested. It's called Jet Lancer. Next up, uh, ZA slash UM have announced Disco Elysium. It's coming to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, there's no date yet, but it's an award-winning role-playing game where you play as a detective in a world recovering from war. I kind of 
like the the style of this. It reminds me there was the the sort of nineteen forties gangster game uh, on the Switch. Anton, what's that one? It's it's got that kind of art Ooh, style with it. Um, the Wolf Among Us is that? No, I... no, no. It's uh, more of a kind of like. Um, it doesn't matter. It's it's a game that <laughs> the art style reminds me of that I can't remember the name of. Um, but um, anyway, I, I I think you know this one's got potential for me. Yeah, and again, good yeah. reviews. I mean, it's been out for a while. It's been out, uh, well, I say a while. It came out in October last year on probably Steam, I suspect, it's probably where it appears first, and it gets 9 out of 10, 92%. So uh, so long as they've ported this well, it should be a good addition to the Switch. Yeah, I remember when uh, the Game Awards happened last December, this game was nominated for every single category, and I think it won Best Music and Story. And watching the trailer, it really gives you a little wee inclination that it's like, oh, they've done a lot of world building here. And even just the kind of the subtleties and the kind of work, like the characters and the details they're building to, kind of gives me the impression that there's maybe a lot of meat on its bones. Uh, I'm not too sure what. It has beyond like the narrative discussing pieces so this is one i definitely think uh was not one that i was researching because i don't really play many of the other consoles but now i'm like oh i need to get on this this is uh something something hot in the pipes coming this way yeah <laughs> i i actually really like the look of this one but again i you know i'm a sucker for the kind of narrative um games by the way that's just reminding me of the other game that i completely forgot i've been playing this week which is phoenix Wright. i've gone back to playing ace attorney ah, so ace attorney yeah i mean i'm i'm about halfway through the first one well, maybe three quarters of the way through the first one um we're gonna play the trilogy get through the trilogy but i'm i'm really enjoying it so um but that just got me thinking again because it's got the narrative element in it and this has that kind of um, narrative, but the world, as you said, Anton, I think it's a really interesting looking world that it that it's got. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see how this is received on the Switch. Price point wise, um, I would be good. I'd be happy if it was sort of the 10, 15 pounds mark. I have a feeling it might be closer to 20, Anton. Yeah, I think when you can uh, slap that Game Awards logo on it and be like, <laughs> best story ever in all of 2019, uh, you get away with a, a 20 pound price tag, which in all you fairness, do. it doesn't, isn't like, it looks like it's got the presentation. It isn't got like a simplistic art style. It looks quite gorgeous for its kind of top down essence. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited about this one. It does. I really like the painted um, art style. I mean, effectively, it looks like you're watching moving paintings, kind of. And it's obviously slightly 3D top-down-ish, but the style they've chosen to, to render the worlds in is beautiful, frankly. Yeah, I would agree. I think it looks great. I'm really excited about that one, actually. Uh, looking forward to seeing how that progresses. Next up is a game that is... Uh, Coming out from uh, Star Drifters, they've announced the game Danger Scavenger. It's a top-down cube punk roguelike. It's coming out uh, Q4 in 2020. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, again, interesting art style. A little bit more cartoony, Anton, but it's got a lot of detail to it. Yeah, um, this one is <laughs> completely scraped off my mind. Yeah, I made the notes, so I... <laughs> Uh, I've completely forgotten this one. Yeah, <laughs> what, well, what one is this? <laughs> so it's got this real colourful kind of future cyberpunky kind of look, but with cartoons kind of, you know, like cartoon kind of drawing um, in terms of the main character. It's kind of top down, but with a slight 3D element to it. Think like a modern Chinatown Wars kind of angle on it, I guess. Um, but very yeah. space agey and sort of futuristic looking. Um, Alistair, what's Can, your thoughts on it? Well, when I was looking at it, it sort of made me think if you were to turn... Um, 
Oh, come on now, what's the name of the game? We were on uh, Splatoon. If you were to turn Splatoon's art style into a top-down roguelike, it wasn't massively dissimilar. I know that might be a, a bit of a tenuous way of describing things, but that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Yeah, and also, what's that game, that uh, skateboard game on the Dreamcast? What was that? Oh, Jet Set Radio. Yes, it's got a Jet Set Radio kind of vibe to it, but it's smaller, you know, top-down roguelike, you know, that kind of art style, somewhere in between that and... Uh, Splatoon 2 but yeah it looks it looks interesting I'm not again sure if it's got enough there to cut above all the other releases but there's definitely something about this that looks quite good yeah Yeah, we'll certainly find out oops sorry there (laughs) um yeah yeah, on you Anton (laughs) fabulous um upon upon researching it and jogging my memory yeah this one looks cool (laughs) it's uh it's kind of got a lot of like hand-to-hand combat from a top-down twin sick approach was something that I found quite interesting, a little bit of a deviation from the genre. So, again, kind of pretty art style. Uh, as we've got so many pretty games on Switch now. It's uh, it's kind of crazy the standard and the, where the bar is for indies. So, it's a tough crowd, but it's uh, it's not doing anything inherently wrong or setting off any alarm bells. So, could be something mm. good here. And what's uh, what I quite like is the fact it's coming out on PC and Switch. End of story. Nowhere else. PC, yep. Switch. Yep. That's kind of cool. I mean, I know I've said this a few times now, but the Switch is definitely getting a whole of really interesting and cool games that other consoles just don't get. Yeah, I always uh, find it funny how we always get the the tweets and the articles saying about how Discovery is quite bad on the eShop, which I, I, t- I agree with to a part. But then I find it funny how many more headlines we get about game developers being like, yeah, our indie game sold best by 5,000% on Nintendo Switch. And it's... Uh, some weird balancing act there, which uh, really says something about the state of Switch. Yeah, well... Ne- say something about the marketing departments, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, next up is a game that I never thought we would be talking about on, on a Nintendo console. Um, in fact, it's a game that has a lot of controversy because it's Fantastico Studio. They've announced uh, Rogero Diodato Cannibal. It's a sequel to the cinema... Uh, film the or the video the film that was banned it was hugely controversial controversial called Cannibal Holocaust well it was a Cannibal Holocaust what was the actual title of the original it film was Cannibal Holocaust. It was Holocaust Cannibal Holocaust yeah it was in the 1980s I think in fact, I think it might might even have been 1980 the movie came out yeah it was but what uh, you know basically um, the original is um, supposed to be very 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 hard to watch there's actual animal killing in it which is um, obviously not not good by any standards and um it's um but i've had reports i've read reports about people saying that they they regret ever watching it and it haunts them to this day so um the interesting thing about yeah, this is some, that we're getting a sequel. Some pretty graphic stuff in that movie yeah. I, i've not seen it but i was reading up on it i mean there's people there's sexual assault goes on it there was the guy was actually i think arrested but cleared of charges of actually murdering actors when they made it there was yeah. allegations that actual actors died while they're making the movie yeah yeah but that's it cleared completely cleared of it but yeah it's it's brutal well it's, uh, all on the on the positive side no animals were harmed in the making of this sequel at least uh, and no humans were harmed either anton yeah it's uh again a fascinating story which we we could probably discuss a good bit i'm B kind of B movie kind of uh, exploitation horror films is kind of my my little wee shtick, so I, I won't bore you. But it is crazy <laughs> to think because uh, he made a, a good trilogy of these back to back, and then it was due to the controversies of this one that uh, really kind of half destroyed his career because um, everybody thought he was a murderer. Uh, 
which turns out he's not, which is a, a little bit of an improvement from uh, kelp animal abuse. Uh, not much, but still. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, uh, it really makes me wonder, because he, he put out a fairly, outside of the gratuitous, gratuitousness of it, uh, films that had decent creative and artistic merit uh there were some good ideas in there outside of the kind of horrible taste that left in your mouth so with him kind of laying dormant on the the cannibal aspect of his main three films uh for 35 years makes me wonder if he's got anything interesting to say or did he just get approached out of nowhere and asked to kind of attach his name to a kind of visual narr- interactive horror novel basically <laughs> um hmm yeah, it's not one that I'm going to rush out to buy. I don't really see Alistair buying it simply from the point of view that I know you're not a particularly massive horror fan. Uh, no, no, I'm not massively. In fact, actually, the next couple of games we're going to be talking about, they're all a bit unpleasant, I think is maybe the way you might put it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird kind of time um, right now, and, and we're getting weird games <laughs> announced as well. Uh, next up, we've got another slightly controversial one. This is from Destructive creations they announced hatred which is a nice cheery title it's coming to the switch it's a controversial gritty violent and grounded twin stick shooter about killing people in their suburbia now the thing is i'm all for games that are um i'm all for games that are slightly you know sort of odd and weird and edgy like you know look at Mm. gta i mean they they had some of the most uh, you know edgy and dodgy kind of scenes going but um this one uh, what do we think alistair what's your thoughts on this one I have to say this one does. I mean, I've always, I love things like GTA. I have no issue with running around sort of shooting. No, it's a game. I have a, no left, right, center. It's fine. It's a game. But this one does feel wrong. And I think it's the whole idea is to go out and kill as many people as you can in a sadistic way. I mean, you're basically just a, a loner who's snapped and you want to go and kill as many innocent folk as possible. And that, that is the whole premise of the game. And it, it was controversial when it came out. I actually vaguely remember talking about this game on the podcast before, which is why I'm very confused as to why it's now being announced. Did it get teased or something months back, even like a year ago? Because we've definitely talked about this on the show. Yeah, not I wonder sure. if we drew comparison to it. I think there were... I'm not too sure there, Alistair. There was maybe a rumour that it was going to come out and now maybe it's been announced. That might be what it was. But we've definitely looked at this before and I remember thinking at the time, ooh... Ooh, unpleasant. Ooh, no, don't like it. And I don't think I've got a particularly big stick up my bum because, you know, nah, I play a lot of games and I have no issue with them. But this one is just, just something. Yeah, I think these last two un- games for me, it's like I'm, I'm the same as you, Alistair. I, I don't have an issue with violent games. I, you know, I, I think that it comes down to like watching a film. You know, you you it's the same. I, and I really f- feel quite strongly against people sort of talking about how violence in video games leads to, you know, other things in real life because, um, you know, we know that that generally isn't it's it's just simply not the case but i think with these two games it does feel anton like there's a line there that might be in the sand and these might be just like poking a toe over the line yeah this one tonally i think is where it kind of goes off because i feel like if you replaced the kind of loner snapped which i think the idea of just having some like that ticking time bomb in your society like as a neighbor it's a, a scary idea i think if you replace that with like Jason Voorhees or like a slash, just any slasher villain, or even then just had it as like an alien, I feel like it would would have had that separation. But I think it's having that protagonist and uh, humanizing Kelf, uh, Kelf, such a a grounded villain, 
as the this kind of part that really rubs people the wrong way. It's always yeah. been a game I've been curious about because I know it gets fairly fantastic reviews. I had a look on Steam there today and it had like a nine nine point five or something crazy like that. And I remember that was in part of the original controversy it got panned on Steam and Steam basically lets on anything you want. And the fact it got banned kind of had a opened up a conversation about censorship because technically it does nothing wrong. Technically it can get released as a an adult plus game, which I don't know if there's any because it's getting rated A on Switch as well. So I don't know if we've got many games like that, but it definitely rubs people the wrong way. And uh, I'm going to be curious now that it's not kind of following that kind of getting banned on Steam uh, controversies if we get some more fair reviews this time around because outside of the art style and admittedly the destructible environments looks very impressive uh, i don't know how good the gameplay is and uh, i'd be curious to kind of get uh, a contemporary it got review being monotonous and repetitive really i think that was largely what the criticism was and i have a sneaking suspicion i might just be being a little bit of a, a cynic here but i suspect the rave reviews on steam might be from i'll be careful i put this uh from a carefully self-selected demographic of people who are choosing to play the game mm. follow what i mean mm. i don't know i mean I, this it's difficult until we've actually played it or seen it or seen a bit more of it it's going to be very difficult to know you know whether there is artistic merit in it you know and i think that's the question is it is it worth playing from the perspective of yeah this is actually a really clever game or is it simply that the shock value has got people going wow this is amazing but it's like you know when a a classic shock value film like the one we just talked about came out people were rushing to get it because of the shock value so yeah it's another one it's a weird it's a couple of really i mean i know that nintendo obviously censorship's all been opened up and all the rest of it but it's like we just get them all at the same time maybe we should well, I mean, we've we've not even reached the worst one yet. Like, well, I mean, the worst I one know. on this list was, is is yeah. it's, the, it's the Star Drifters game, not Star Drifters. Sorry, the Bandai Namco announcement this week. It's just horrific. Oh, well, terrifying. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I didn't mention that one. Okay, let's move on. I was going to. I thought you were talking about Animal Crossing. You see, because that's what I was going to go and talk about. But because that is horrific no. as well. You know, I mean, all these terrifying games. But let's move on to the Bandai Namco one, which is uh, particularly terrifying, and that is uh, Fishing Spirits, uh, which, to be fair, as a vegan, is slightly <laughs> terrifying. Uh, coming to the West as Ace Angler, it's a fishing game with motion controls with an optional fishing adapter. Um, this has got echo of that fishing game on the Dreamcast is it Anton? Oh sea bass or something I think uh, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. I just love the just cheap horrible you know it's going to like have that kind of awful smell when you get out of the box but you know <laughs> it just I love the cheapness and the tattiness of just getting a fishing controller for the Switch uh, I just hope it has that like click when you reel it in it's gimmicky dumb fun um i have a feeling they'll charge way too much for it nobody will buy it and then we'll all pick it up on like for like 15 pounds at the game boxing day sale but i'm okay with that <laughs> it'll become a cult classic catcher well it's not even just catching fish there's, there's sharks and dragons oh, and all kinds of random stuff have to sell to new accessories for those ones <laughs> yeah i mean it's talking about you know movies and influence uh, sorry games and influencing real life you know even as 
a vegan, I don't really particularly have an issue with this because it's not real. So, you know, if you're catching dragons, then, you know, well, whatever. You know, it's 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 fine. Uh, it's, uh, and you can catch dragons with four friends, Mike. Don't forget that. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, look, it's coming out. If you want to get that tacky controller, I'm sure if not, um, then you may be able to pick it up in some sort of eBay bargain bin in the future. Uh, next up, Animal Crossing New Horizons has been banned in China. Speaking of video nasties and nasty games ah, so this is slightly different r- reasons though so in China obviously very different in terms of uh, the way things are, are done and uh, it's because people can express views and opinions um, it, it was actually it, it seemed to stem from people specifically being able to sort of you know put messages up uh, all to do with the, the protests in Hong Kong and being able to communicate with other people within China where it's much more difficult to communicate without the government reading everything you you know you, you write and knowing that having been in China in the last few years, you know, things like Facebook and things like that just don't exist. So, um, yeah, it's a real shame that it has been from the point of view of the game, um, because there's so many people that are now missing out on it, but, um, or potentially missing out, of course, if they don't have a copy anyway, but you know what I mean. And um, it, yeah, it's, it's a really odd one, but it's one that maybe, Anton, we don't quite understand the full sort of surroundings yeah. of that because we don't live in that. Yeah, it's going to... Yeah, obviously we could say whatever about the current situation and the politics of it all, but from a a gaming point of view, I would be very curious to see how the prices of this game inflate, because obviously there's physical copies out there in the wild and uh, people are aware of the property in the game and how well it's done, so I I imagine that's going to be a very rare title indeed moving forward, and... uh, Outside of this, uh, we now know that China's lost a third of their eShop games because they only had three, and one of them was Animal Crossing. <laughs> Which is, uh... It must be really hard to ban in a game that's already out in the wild, though. That's going to be really, really... It's a weird... I mean, it's not a weird decision. I totally understand why they've done it, actually. But very difficult to implement because there must be many, 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 many copies of it out there. It can't just be a small number. It's going to be a huge number out there. So unless they're just blocking the server so the game basically doesn't work, which is the only thing I can think they could do, then I don't see how they'd implement it. Yeah, I think uh, you, you've hit the the, needle, ne- the nail on the head there, Alistair. Um, it's the, like it sold very well. It isn't like it like got canned a day before production and then a couple got out to the shops and got out to people. It's probably been out and sold majority of the copies it will sell in its lifespan. Um, so uh, good out there for the people who are able to maybe turn a profit on it at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it will be, I'm sure, become an item that people will still get their hands on one way or another. It'll just be in, uh, inflated prices. I'm sure the banning of the sale of it will be the first thing they can, they can implement, I guess, generally. Um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting considering the rest of the world is playing Animal Crossing right now. Uh, due to COVID-19, uh, the Ciro's C-E-R-O, do we call them Zero or Ciro? What, what do we call them? the Japanese rating boards. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> They've been temporarily <laughs> closed, temporarily, temporarily closed due to the many upcoming games uh, that may be delayed in Japan or worldwide. This means that Arcade Archives looks to be losing its 160 streak of releasing games, a current world record for consecutive game releases. Uh, interestingly enough, I know that Japan, uh, in the current situation, have had a bit of a kind of um, they've all had to go back into isolation again. And I know that because obviously, as you know, I work with um, 
Japanese publishers. So, um, for example, the difference between South Korea and Japan right now, the South Korean artists are all still going to be releasing their music in May as planned, whereas the Japan artists are all delayed now because they've gone back into isolation for a longer period. So, um, so yeah, real, real shame from the perspective, I mean, obviously the full the whole situation is really difficult, but from their, you know, the the fact that they'd kept up this run, it's a real shame that they've they've lost out on that um, due to something outside of their control, Anton. Yeah, apparently they're looking into alternative ways ways of maybe trying to keep it, like maybe trying to figure out ways of releasing them just over here. Uh, what I don't know what loopholes and how that works for the world record, but. Uh, it's indeed a shame there, and uh, I think it's going to be, uh, kind of obviously it's a very understandable and not very good situation, but uh, I wonder what effects this might have on kind of the worldwide market and kind of other regions where developers will choose to release, uh, kind of delay games to release some kind of worldwide at the same time and spend less on press, or will developers want to uh, just get them out to the other regions so they can kind of get that money and at the moment it's uh i don't know where we're going to end up uh kind of market wise there alistair i've got to say what i what i really don't understand about this is why they're closing because something like a ratings board can easily operate from literally anywhere this is the kind of role that could be done from people's homes i don't get why they've actually closed this down well There's no good reason i can think of yeah i mean i know for example the company that I work with they had an they actually had someone um become ill with uh, covid-19 so they have all gone into self isolation and have been told not to work for 2 weeks so it could be more of that kind of situation where you know they've made a decision that right now it's not worth people you know doing anything other than isolation there could be an illness within it it could just be that they can't you know maybe someone isn't available now because of the situation i don't know but i i know that there's be, I, I would genuinely be amazed if there was equivalent of furlough uh, for even, all we know well yeah but being something like the ratings board at the moment it's almost more important than ever that entertainment services are still producing content the whole world is currently effectively locked down and is looking for ways of entertaining itself. And there's going to be a problem in the not-too-distant future because uh, places like Netflix and BBC, they're all going to start running out of shows because obviously nobody can make anything at the moment. But the stuff that has been made can be processed and still released. So this doesn't make sense to me unless a huge chunk of the board are actually ill and are in hospital or that, can't work. Bear in mind, I don't, I'd, I'd bear mind as well, speaking as someone that is trying to create content, when nobody's buying and are able to buy anything because everyone's out of work um, and you know there's a lot of self-employment I don't know what the equivalent is over there but we don't know how things work but you know I I can't make money right now so if there's a situation like that for them and then, then they have to stop because you know they can't you know I don't know obviously we're yeah, talking the ratings board is, is, yeah, is I know. an independent thing ratings I, boards are usually government funded they're not they're not relying on um um, you know, people actually going and purchasing the movies or the games, whatever it is they're rating. I know, That's, but like, I mean, I'm saying that the knock-on effect, you know, like if you, you know, you're saying that it's more important than ever. The problem is entertainment. It's all very well that it's more important than ever, but it, it, at the moment, it's almost impossible for most people in the industry to to do the job as normal because they're not being paid. So I, I don't know what the knock-on effect that of that is, um, but from a ratings book, board perspective yeah i don't know i mean there's a lot going on right now with with the whole situation that affects companies in different ways and you know obviously we're fairly lucky over here but if it's a proper full lockdown perhaps one of the decisions that's been made is that nothing's open or unless it's absolutely vital i don't know mm. 
Yeah, I'm... Because I, I know once this news got announced, basically right away, uh, both the ESRB and oh Peggy uh, both went into deploying their work from home measures. And um, I think that the fear here is that um, that due to them closing down and kind of creating a little wee barrier to entry for release, is that many self-employed indie developers might be sitting on kind of potential revenue that they can't kind of, they can't put a product when uh in an ideal situation they could be kind of getting that little wee boost in income at a, a troubled time which obviously that's not every developer but uh, i think it's obviously a, a shame all round but uh it's fortunate that i think this has given a little bit of a kind of wake-up call to our kind of uh kind of peggy and esrb kind of obviously having much larger jurisdictions uh, to kind of, kind of, as you you say, Alistair, to have that avenue and kind of, kind of line, kind of sell there for people who are able to kind of release media. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that's my stance. Hopefully, <laughs> Look, if you disagree, do do tweet at us. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting conversation. All right, then moving on. Next up, EA Poland have uh, released or have leaked the release window for Burnout Paradise Remastered. They're saying that it's going to be released in uh, June 2020, pre-orders 23rd of April, so not that long till the pre-orders. They're saying it's going to cost 199 Polish uh, money, uh, so that works out at (laughs) 44.99. So, yeah, I mean, I could see 44.99 being the eShop price just because the shop is expensive for any new release uh hopefully 30 pounds for a physical or would be good but it's going to be full price isn't it anton yeah you know i find it funny i was having a as i mentioned on the last uh, when they announced this like i've bought this game like seven nine times before and uh i think i paid 40 pounds when it was brand new in 2008 <laughs> and i bought the remaster for 30 pounds day one in 2018 and you know what? Don't care. Forty-five pounds, worth it. It's a brilliant game. <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say we are all going to be buying it. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's clearly worth it. It's got all the the extra stuff that I haven't played a lot, all the DLC and things. So that's great. So looking forward to uh, to getting our hands on that in June. Next up, the official Xbox Twitter account have shared some official Animal Crossing Xbox merchandise: green reflection and open box. Uh, what is this merchandise? You put two codes in there, Anton, and I'm not. I would read out the code, but I, I feel like it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, ideally, if you want the the merch, you can go to their their official Twitter account. But it, isn't it lovely to see the two companies playing well together? It actually looks not too bad. It looks fairly legit. They've um, like they've really worked around the limitations of the the art style, and uh, I think it's just kind of fun to see the kind of two companies kind of collaborating in that way and uh, I don't know I, I think I just really want uh, any more Microsoft games on Switch so maybe I'm just like seeing the, the kind of light at the end of the theoretical tunnel but uh, lovely nonetheless yeah we're good to get some uh, Viva Pinata that will be the perfect Switch title oh. I think Alistair agrees I very much agree Viva Pinata if I, just give me the whole Rare catalogue the whole yeah. catalogue from Rare I will be I will be quiet and happy and go sit in corner and play that for weeks. You know, the, the rumour got shot down by Playtonic this week, but there was a very strong rumour going around at the beginning of the week that we were going to get a, 
Microsoft had hired Playtonic to build a, a new Banjo-Kazooie with like a proper budget behind it. And I was just, for the beginning of the week, I was like, oh, that would be so good. <laughs> I have no idea how much money I'd pay for that, even though uh, Yokalele wasn't the greatest game. Uh, yeah. Having some money behind it, I imagine they could do some fantastic stuff. But nevertheless, yeah. it never happened. <laughs> now, next up, uh, to celebrate the Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary, Anniversary Uniqlo uh, new, have got a new special collection of designer merchandise. Obviously, we want all the games, Anton, but this uh, merchandise, yeah. is it nice? Yeah, you know, they're they're really going all out. Kelf uh, Nintendo, we've got the Mario, Kelf Lego, we've got the Levi's, we've got this collaboration here. Um, we've kind of got the movie on the horizon, which I feel like seeing how much they've done to help uh, kind of invest in the brand at this area it feels just like it, it really sets the stage for getting all of these ported games over on the console which uh you know these are cool but that's uh, the real prize at the <laughs> top of the kind of prize wall it is have you guys looked at the designs of these t-shirts Indeed. i have not they they look pretty they're, good I mean, they're cool yeah, they look pretty cool. What, what I find hugely amusing, though, is they've clear, if you go on the uh, Uniqlo website, which is um, uniqlo.com, uh, go on their website, look at it. They've clearly picked the models for the T-shirts very carefully because they're basically all, well, they all look the kind of people who are wearing them. There's no super pretty models. They're all normal guys like us who look a bit nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether I should be offended by that, but we'll... we'll, we'll... You should be. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that, Alistair. Appreciate that. Next up then, uh, E3 2021 is happening. Uh, the previously announced digital E3 2020 is no longer happening. So that's now not going to be a thing, which is um, probably because 2021 is happening, Anton, I would suspect. Yeah, I think they realised um, nobody's going to really pay E3. E- nobody's going to pay them just to like basically have a spot on their website that will just do a live stream at roughly June. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think this makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, they were very much kind of uh, barking up the wrong tree, shall we say. And, uh, it, you know, I'm just glad that they're <laughs> uh, they're, they're not wasting their time with this. And uh, I'm going to be curious to see how close together the conferences are this year. If people will kind of still aim for the same sort of time or... Will everybody try and find their own little wee time to shine? I suspect everyone will try and find their own time to shine. I mean, if you aren't all trying to clamber into one little media window, you may as well space out and grab as much um, limelight as you can. So I suspect each publisher out there is going to go along and go, here's our announcements of the year. And uh, the Nintendo ones, the Sony ones, they're great. But I suspect each developer is going to try and do their own thing and just grab a little bit of limelight themselves. Yeah, quite probably. Next up, the Nintendo and Lego... Uh, team up they've shown up more of lego mario which is including a, a mario starter course set for 49.99 the piranha plant power slide expansion set for 29.99 uh that's dollars or euros uh, and the bowser bowser's castle's boss battle expansion sets like a tongue twister that's 99.99 in dollars or euros coming out august 2020 there'll also be a special lego super mario mobile 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 with a leaderboard <laughs> And ex- we'll an, an app, that's the word I was missing. And leaderboard and examples of how to arrange the course. Uh, Lego's never cheap, Alistair. Lego is never cheap. And you know what? When they announced Lego Mario, I was so excited about this because, I, I mean, I love Lego, I love Mario. This was taking all my boxes. But actually, the more I've looked at it, the more I've gone, you know what? This is kind of lame. I mean, it really is a bit rubbish. 
the the Mario character, in fact, all the characters look they look more like Duplo characters. That's the best description I can give you. They look like Duplo characters, but they've got some weird circuit in them. When you make Mario jump, he gets coins. Just give me a proper little Lego man that looks like Mario and give me little Mario sets that don't have interactive games and things built in them. I will be much happier. Just keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel that, Alistair. Like, uh, that I, meant, I never really grew up with Lego, so I'm a little bit detached. For, like, I don't get the hype, but nevertheless, like, I, I saw that starter course and I was just like... And it's like kind of a platform when you have this little wee robot Mario that with a screen in it. And I was like, oh, that looks not very fun. I don't know where a kid would find join that. That's basically like an action man with a phone in it. Uh, but outside of that, I kind of, I saw the castle and then I was like, hmm, no, that's what I want. I, I just want to build the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> I don't want to have like a weird meta realistic game that I'm probably sure I could cheat somehow. That's, who wants that? <laughs> I want build yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a nice idea. Let's translate a Lego, uh, sorry, a Mario level into Lego and make the kids run along the ground and bop on top of a little Lego mushroom and jump on this little platform and spin it around. It's a nice idea, but it just it hasn't translated well at all. And they frankly should have realised that when they put it together and went, nope, nope, this is pants, stop. <laughs> well, not, not the best reviews all round, uh, but, you know, if it's... Uh, Something that you've got your eye on, at least you now know how much it's going to cost you. Next up, Super Louis 64 the mod has modded Dark Souls 3 on PC to work uh, with the Ring Fit <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure. I mean, that's combining <laughs> stress of the Ring Fit, Anton, with the stress of one of the most difficult games ever. And you know what? With how complicated Dark Souls is, it works fantastically. I'm, I, I'm really surprised that they haven't just attempted to, like... Let's be real, nobody's playing Breath of the Wild with Labo VR. Why not just give us like Breath of the Wild with Ring Fit Adventure? Uh, it looks like some dumb, dumb, silly fun. And I think if they had this option for games and I had a Ring Fit Adventure, you know, why not? Let's let's see how I play Pokemon with the Ring Fit for an afternoon or kind of whatever game you've kind of played to death. It kind of adds a little wee new spin in there. I was really impressed with this, Alistair. Yeah, me too. It's a cool idea. I mean, the the guys also got some pretty cool skills. They managed to uh, marry these two things together. Um, I can imagine though, you get very tired. I mean, have either of you actually tried Ring Fit yet? James is our no. resident Ring Fitter. He's got Ring Fit, but uh, no, it is exhausting. So I know a few people have tried it now. I know a few people have gone and bought them, and they have learned recently during lockdown just how difficult it actually is. I mean, play it for a couple of minutes, and things ache. I can only imagine trying to play Dark Souls with that. You're going to be dead. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know that the main tiring thing is doing the squeeze of the ring and he has that to attack. I'm like, that's gonna, that's not going to last very long. <laughs> well, it's one way to get ripped during lockdown if you've got those two things together, I guess. Uh, right. Uh, oh, I've got one more bit of news for you. Cooking Mama, Cookstar. Uh, they're involved in a, I, I did read about this, a cryptocurrency scandal um, with the game ending up being pulled from the eShop. I mean, I'm going to be honest, of all the games to be involved in a cryptocurrency scandal, if you'd said to me, oh, it'll be Cooking Mama, Cooking Mama Cookstar, Anton, I'd have been like, I don't think so. Yeah, mind if I take the floor here because this has been like a week full of just rumours. Um, it's been quite a confusing one where uh, I've been lost at many points, but Basically, where the story goes is the game was kind of released to the eShop, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and then disappeared like later that day. And everybody was like, okay, that's pretty odd. Like, life went on. 
Then a couple of weeks later, people are like, yeah, got got involved in uh, this blockchain scandal. And they got quotes of the CEO of the publisher being like, yeah, you know, we've got like a uh, super graphics blockchain technology. We've got uh, four teraflops of like graphics, like saying all the stuff, uh, really upselling it. And you obviously mentioned about having blockchain in there, which is kind of the technology behind cryptocurrency mining, basically using your hardware uh, to mine the kind of, kind of mine coins on their behalf and then they make money off of your kind of hardware pro- power. And then people are like, yeah, that makes sense. Like the game has awful battery life and the switch heats up a lot. And um, kind of everybody's made the assumption. It's like, yep, X equals Y equals Kukumama. Uh, kind of all the titles, the headlines came out. Everybody was lambasting it. And then after some investigations, people go in there and they find zero blockchain code inside of it. And they're like, oh, what's happened? Uh, they kind of message the, the developer's sense of why the game has bad battery life and bad performance is that they built it in Unity and they're a first-time developer. And it's only really been in the last two days that we've actually found out the real scandal behind it, where in which uh, the IP hold there was three parties involved. We had the IP holder for Cook and Mama, uh, which made all the classic games, but didn't make this one because I don't think they're on the level to do it. They had a first-time developer and the the publisher uh, basically the first time developer uh, really didn't know how to make games they kind of put out the title uh, kind of within of the code it was actually very sloppy in areas and they actually ripped a lot of the sound files from youtube and it was just like in the file is like sound effects uh youtube downloader.mp3 <laughs> like really cheap like <laughs> wow. that and um so that's why the game never ran well and apparently the ceo uh, the publisher of the game, the reason why they mentioned it having blockchain and cryptocurrency is that he wasn't actually a game developer and knew anything about computers. He was just saying technical buzzwords that he knew. <laughs> what a muppet. Indeed. And uh, the reason the game got pulled is because the IP holder was thinking about cancelling the game uh, because it wasn't up to a good quality and, you know, their first time developer. The publisher wasn't happy about this because obviously they've been going around selling people that it's the greatest game ever and has 20 graphics and like 5,000 teraflops and Bitcoin and like <laughs> basically selling it to the, the host country. So when they were given a draft of the game, they just went ahead and published it so it couldn't get cancelled before they could make money on it. Um, the IP holder basically got in contact with Nintendo, got them to take it down and have taken the publisher to court and uh that's the story of cooking mama cookstar uh truly a tale for the ages it'll be told in all storybooks thank you for I'm listening start to my reciting that as my son's bedtime story <laughs> uh, i mean i gotta say it's still fairly random um and confusing i guess the moral is just make sure you get into business with people who actually know what they're doing or at least Maybe check to see if they know what they're doing and what they're talking about. Give them a quiz or something. I mean, there's plenty of quizzes happening right now in Zoom. I'm sure you could just, you know, do a family quiz. Do you know what this word means? No. That would be a good start. Um, Yeah, bizarre. Well, look, thank you for that, Anton. Much appreciated. I think we should move on to this week's rumours. No, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Now, first up, uh, it's not in our notes, but I've got an update for you on Mafia 2. Uh, so last week we had the rumour and it was like, oh, it's definitely coming, it's definitely coming, and we haven't heard anything since. Well, there has been another leak, and that is of the Mafia 2 uh, Definitive Edition. The loading screen has been leaked, which is interesting. Um, and the rumour on top of that, that's just been the last day or so, and the rumour to add to that is that that's also for the Nintendo Switch, but they reckon that the 
remastered or definitive edition really only refers to the graphics and to the the visuals of it rather than there being extra content. So uh, we don't know if it's definitely happening, but we have heard substantial rumours for about a week now and I'm very much hoping that it does happen eventually. Uh, I'll be probably adding that to the rumours every week until (laughs) until we get it. Because I'm just... (laughs) Like a little pet project. (laughs) Just really wanting that to happen. Uh, Anton, we've had a week of now since we talked about it. Do you think it's going to happen? Yeah, it seems like a a fairly safe assumption and uh, I think 2K have been really proactive on the Switch and I, I recently saw they uh, it didn't really have anything noteworthy but they've been putting out some kind of pre-release content for the XCOM collection and it seems clear to me that they're putting in the effort and I think in kind of an instance where they're where they could have easily just sold you the game and then just uh, sold the hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth of DLC separately. Uh, the fact that they're giving us a good fair shake at kind of getting the full XCOM experience on Switch um, I think they're, think they're going to be good for us moving forward. Yeah, that would be good. I'd be very happy if that does happen, um, but we will see. Next up, we've got some Animal Crossing chat for you. So people have been data mining Animal Crossing and there's references to Brewster in there, uh, an art gallery and the option of adding multiple different kinds of shops, uh, which does kind of hint towards extra stuff coming, Anton. Yeah, it really does. Like There's code for Isabel basically saying about what shop do you want to build next, uh, people found different villagers referencing Brewster, which uh, he's the coffee guy, and he's not currently in the game. And I think right now, looking at with these kind of rumors in mind, when you look at the balancing of the game, there's not very much. Like you can get tons of clothes, but outside of that, everything else is a little bit hard to get. So, uh, really optimistic that we will be um, kind of getting this kind of a lot of content and kind of. It's going to be a very proactive game, which I think for a kind of lifestyle-like game like this could be fantastic moving forward. Alistair, you wanted to do a public service announcement? I do, I do. I want to do a public service announcement because, you know, I feel like we should. It's our duty to make sure people are safe and happy and not destroying the switches. Did you guys see Nintendo um, released some warnings this week saying um, basically don't clean your switch? Well, they didn't quite say don't clean your switch, but they said... um, they understand that every moment is going around antibacterialing everything to within an inch of its life, including switches. And they basically said, we don't recommend you clean your switch, or if you do, don't use any alcoholic stuff on it, um, because, well, you might degrade the plastics and just destroy your switch. So if you think you clean your switch out there, be careful. Hmm. Hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's a, a real shame, because alcohol's like one of the perfect ways to clean electronics. Like, you can... You could have your computer in an alcohol, like a tub of alcohol, and it can work perfectly. It doesn't short circuits. It's non-electronic. And then they had to make the switch out of plastic. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, uh, but but still good to know. And uh, yes, very helpful if you were considering it. You've now been told don't do it. So there we are. Uh, all right. I think that's us. I think we're now ready to move on to the quiz. So Alistair, it's time for this week's quiz. I have so many questions. It is indeed. Yes, quiz time. And so each week I challenge my fellow gamers to find the real game from a list of, well, normally three, but I've been mixing up recently and I'm going to mix it up again this week because, uh, well, frankly, I just feel like it. Um, I think last week Mike went first, so this week Anton will be going first and the premise of this week's um, quiz is Lemmings. Do you guys both remember the Lemmings games? Oh, yes. I played the, the first one, yes. 
A little yeah, too mega I drive. I think there was only I think they made two. I think there was Lemmings and then there was something like No More Lemmings or something like that was a sequel. But it, it appeared on just about every console for a very, very, very long time. So I thought I'd try and challenge you guys to see if you can figure out which consoles it actually appeared on and which ones it didn't. Alright. <laughs> so I've got a list of consoles and I'm just gonna read them out and you can tell me was Lemmings on it or was Lemmings not on it? Uh, so uh, I'm going to start with the first one and I'm going to type while I'm doing this so this might sound a bit clicky in the background I do apologise but uh, Anton the NES was Lemmings on the NES? Uh, I'm going to say no uh, that, yeah no <laughs> okay Mike? I'm also going to say no okie dokie uh, for the Game Gear I'm going to go yes oh I was going to go yes as well I think I'm pretty sure that, in fact I'm Fairly positive it's on the Game Gear, yes. Okay, okay. So that's uh, those ones through. What about the Wii? Did it appear in the Wii? Mm, I'll, I'll let you go first, Mike. Uh, no, you and Don. Oh, really? Oh, I get, for, <laughs> yeah. first, I get to claim my spot. You Alrighty. always go first, um, like uh, Mike did with Mega Man. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah, I'm going to say no. Okay, Mike? No. Um, okay, okay. The Game Boy? Yes. Okay, Mike. <sighs> I love that. I'm going to say no, just to be different. No. All right, PS1. Oh, that one's borderline. Um, hmm. I'm going to go no. Mike? Yes. The Genesis? Yes. Yes. The PS4? Mm, no. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Nope. Are you happy with that? I'll, I'll nope. stick with no. Uh, no. Nope. All right. The SNES. Yes. Mike. No. Uh, Master System. No. No. And the final one has it been released on the Switch? No? Uh, no. Right, okay, let's tell out the scores. So, Anton has total correct number of... Uh, Anton's got... F- I'm, I'm going to read through the list of the ones that were actually on first. So it was on the NES, it was on the Game Gear, it was on the Game Boy, it was on the Genesis, it was on the SNES, and it was on the Master System. It has never been on the Wii, the PS1, the Dreamcast, the PS4, or the Switch. Anton wins, hands down. <laughs> Well, give us the scores then. <laughs> I'm trying to tell them at the moment, but I've written down in such a stupid way I can't figure out. I think you got two right and Anton got four right. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised game, I only Mike. got two because I went for the same ones as Anton for half of them. Uh, yeah, you went for... Well, when you got the same ones, though, you were both wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, see, I was uh, <laughs> I surprised. I, I, so I, you I thought uh, NES and Master System was a bit early. I wonder if they were kind of late releases, kind of like 91-ish, because I feel like... Yeah, I felt like that was it. Yeah, they were. They were 1991. Certainly oh. the NES one was 1991. Oh, so so I, I looked that one up. That was the first one I went with. Well, the very first console I discovered on was actually the SNES. I hadn't realised it was on the, the NES until afterwards. But when I thought back about it, I'm pretty sure I actually had it on the NES, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I grew up with the Mega Drive one, and I think uh, I think I might have a, a copy for my Amiga. But Yeah, I, I played it on the Amiga and the Mega Drive, so um, the rest didn't help me whatsoever, unfortunately. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh well. I'm actually amazed it was never on the PlayStation. You think it would be one of these games that might have been on the PS1? Yeah, well, now we know it was not on the PlayStation. I'll know next time we do this exact same quiz, but I might also try and change the whole quiz format because I just cannot win one. So uh, I might <laughs> petition to change it all completely. Uh, right, well, listen, have a great week uh, as much as you can do in the current situation. Uh, we will be back for our Patreon supporters. We'll have an extra podcast coming their way uh, on Tuesday when we do our uh, roundup. Uh, no, our last call. We've also got a roundup podcast as well. That's right. So we've got two pa- two podcasts for our Patreon supporters. So they'll get them. We've also got our next podcast in a week's time for everyone else. And where else can people get all their info in the meantime, Anton? Yes, if you head over to nsukp.co.uk, uh, you can go in and learn all about all of our lovely Patreon tiers. You can see the full back catalogue, uh, which with us getting to episode 60 is actually quite a lot now. Uh, and you can kind of basically learn all about us you can see all the sites we're on we're on like 12 different podcasting sites which is a uh, quite a number i find that crazy and links to kind of youtube videos and our other socials like youtube facebook uh i think that uh, and our email of course <laughs> podcast at nsukp.co.uk and you can yes exactly and i promise our... i will reply <laughs> yes yes absolutely okay well with that have a great week we will see you in a week's time until then goodbye cheerio Au revoir